Hey gang, Jason Bullitt here. I just want to have a little disclaimer put up top of this episode. Now, since I started this podcast, the Keep It To Yourself podcast, to which you are listening just about three years ago, I've been very protective of my content. I started recording this episode on Monday the 9th of March 2020. Back then, nobody knew that the coronavirus slash COVID-19 outbreak was going to be as bad as it is by the time this episode drops. Well, I described my job in this episode, my new workplace that is, and as I record this one week to the day, it's been temporarily shut down because one of my co-workers has come down with the coronavirus. Thankfully, they've self-quarantined at home, and also one of my co-workers who works somewhere else has also been exposed to the disease, so this has hit home for yours truly. Your humble host wants to remind you that this is kind of not, I'm not trying to create confusion in the marketplace or something like that, but I started recording on Monday the 9th of March, put the 1999 deep dive segment in, recorded just yesterday, and well, who knows after that. So this is where I work currently. I'm temporarily on a break here because of the epidemic. I hope everybody stays safe. Stays clean, stays healthy, make proper choices, social distancing, all the buzzwords that have happened in the intervening days. So hopefully you guys make safe decisions because I really need the support more than ever. Thanks for listening. Here's the episode. Love you guys. From Television City in Hollywood. Hey man! Welcome to episode 99 the Aaron Judge slash Wayne Gretzky episode, finally, at long last, of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullitt. The man of the hour, Woo! too sweet to be sour, Jack. And I'm coming to you from the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York, safe from coronavirus. More on that later. I'm recording this intro on Monday, the 9th of March, 2020. All is quiet at Bullet House. It's not your typical Monday evening. My dad and his companion are down in Florida right now, and they won't be back till the end of the month. So I'm riding solo for the time being. But it's given me plenty of opportunities to record the podcast, like I'm doing now. Well, you know that. All right, don't get snarky. Getting in there early with it, huh? Anyway, before we get ourselves in an even deeper hole, Let's get to the social media plugs. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. You can also follow this podcast on Facebook. That's social media right there, Facebook page. You can also listen to this podcast on Twitter. Well, you can follow the podcast on Twitter. I went there. I must have the coronavirus or something. I'm not sure. I shouldn't be joking about that. It's rather serious stuff. Oh, was I? Oh, yeah. Instagram civilian is at Jason underscore 51838. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, give me a five-star ring and a good write-up. You can also listen on Spotify, Google Podcast, or the podcatcher of your choosing. We certainly appreciate it. Well, we were going to talk about it inevitably, but let's put it up front. The In the News segment is back. And it's all about the coronavirus, COVID-19, if you will. As of recording, there are about 4,000 or so deaths worldwide and over hundreds of thousands of cases of this disease, either treated or untreated or whatnot. 
There have been people on cruise ships who have had to debark in odd places off their itinerary to go get treated. It all started in China, and it spread like wildfire almost. Well, start a step there, never mind. And it's kind of made me nervous. Going on social media has not helped it at all. Other than promoting this podcast, I think sometime I'm going to have to take a little social media break. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you feel that way too. Facebook is not doing me any favors, and I'm sure you feel the same way too. Number of colleges in the United States have had to cancel their classes. Well, at least in the traditional format, you know, you just being in front of an instructor or professor somewhat in a classroom or lecture hall or going online only. Skidmore College, just up the road in Saratoga Springs, the old hometown, have announced something like that. Syracuse University, ditto. RPI men's hockey team. They're going to play their playoff match against Harvard in front of an empty Houston field house. Well, it looks like all things are go at this point for March Madness. Getting a little Jason Sports Corner here. Especially as my brother-in-law has tickets to the second round games Saturday night down at the Times Union Center in Albany. So it looks like all sisters are go for both men's and women's. Though there is the prospect of playing in front of empty crowds. The NBA, Major League Soccer, the National Hockey League, and Major League Baseball have all announced that they've banned reporters from the clubhouses and locker rooms of those leagues. And they're going to be doing press conferences from podiums in respective stadiums, obviously. Try and get ahead of containing coronavirus. There are even cases here in the rolling hills of Saratoga County. Thankfully, there's self-quarantine going on, so I guess there's that. But it has had me worried I'm a guy who likes his routine, being on the autism spectrum. Coronavirus was even big enough to shut down South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, the Calle Ocho Music Festival in Miami, as well as another music festival. Even Coachella out in California, that's been postponed for six months. It was going to be Easter weekend this year, but instead it's going to take place in October. So a lot of disruption going on with cultural events and whatnot, social events, some big ones too. Hopefully this will be contained before too long. So that's my thoughts on that. We're going to continue in Jason's sports car. We're going to move away from the modern day equivalent of the Black Plague. There are some injuries affecting the Yankees. Not coronavirus, thank heavens. But I was rather shocked to hear that Luis Severino is going to be out for the year. That's the Yankees pitcher. He's going to have Tommy John surgery. Giancarlo Stanton will be out for a few weeks with a grade 1 calf strain. And worst of all, Aaron Judge had some problems with his ribs. He injured that rib last September while reaching for a fly ball or a ground ball or something like that. I don't perfectly recall, to be honest with you, but it gave him stup again during spring training down in Tampa. They shut him down for about a week and a half. They're going to re-examine him. Surgery has not been ruled out, but a huge loss among a number of huge losses for the Yanks this season. And nobody's yet to hit or throw a ball in anger for realsies. So interesting times down in the Bronx as we near the start of the 2020 Major League season. And I got to address the previous elephant in the room before this whole coronavirus thing. Corona? Corona? Let's call the whole thing off, and I wish we did. Anyway, before this whole coronavirus thing started taking over the headlines, the big thing in sports was the Houston Astros cheating scandal. As a Yankees fan, it really galls me 
that a bunch of cheaters kept us from reaching the World Series two out of the last three years, especially 2019. I think Aroles Chapman must have tipped his pitch to let Jose Altuve hit that home run in Game 6. We got reverse Aaron Boone. Ironically, Aaron Boone's the manager now. So this really does put a bit of a black eye on Major League Baseball. I don't know if they're going to overcome that. I really do. Sorry for the dramatic pauses, but I'm trying to get my thoughts together here. So that's been in the news. That's been Jason Sports Corner. And I'm only doing this up front because I haven't had a whole lot happen to me socially. But I do have some stuff coming up that hopefully cases of coronavirus in the capital region of New York will not affect them. I mean, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. I hate to go back to the coronavirus, but parades not only in Boston, but two over in Ireland, Cork and Dublin, have been canceled for this year to try and get ahead of stopping the spread of coronavirus, one of those big gatherings I talked about earlier. I am going to do a pub crawl in Albany, and if that gets to be too crowded for me, I'll just go to the one in Troy. I got in one of those internet pre-sales where it only cost $5 because I bought the ticket in February, but I used a promo code because of inviting friends onto Facebook. 100 people said they were going to go or they were interested in going. And that meant we got a promo code for $5 off since I really jumped on this puppy early. It cost $5, but with the promo code, I got in for absolutely Zippo. Free 99 if you will. So coronavirus or no coronavirus, it'll be Guinness running through your boy Bullsey's veins as he makes his way through the pubs in Albany. Or if it gets to be too much, my backup plan is to head up to Troy. And hopefully, I haven't seen Franklin Alley Social Club in a while. I haven't seen Frank or Heidi. Big shout to Frank and Heidi Sakari. I haven't seen you guys in a while. So hopefully the return of Tales of Franklin Alley, question mark? We shall see. Stay tuned for that. I'll tell you all about in episode number 100, hopefully next week. Could you whisper in my ear the things you want to feel? I'll give you anything. As this is episode number 99 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, you're about to take a trip back in the Wayback Machine to one of my favorite years, if not my favorite year of all time, the year 1999. You know, the year Prince sang about 16 years earlier. But we're not talking about the purple one. In fact, I'm playing into one of my favorite bands of the late 1990s, my high school years, late 90s, early aughts. It's the Goo Goo Dolls. The song you just heard, Slide, Came in at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts for the week ending March 13th, 1999. And what a year it was. I really dug this year. I was in 10th grade. Things were good. South Park was funny. The Yankees were winning games left, right, and center. The core four was at its peak. Yet looking back on it now with the benefit of hindsight, this was a year that kind of set the seed for the culture that we have nowadays. And you'll find out later on why I said that. Big story of the year. Everybody all throughout 1999 and even right to the end was worried about the Y2K bug. I was worried about it too. Will computers be able to make the switch from 1999 to the year 2000? Well, it turned out to be a bunch of hooey. Sorry to spoil the la- next episode for it. Not the last. Sorry. Whoops. Speaking of leftovers from last year, 1998, 
Bill Clinton's impeachment trial ended with an acquittal. Unlike the impeachment trial we had just recently. Woodstock 99. Now, I've listened to this podcast called The Good from, Goods from the Woods. Hello. Mimi Green, you know. Goods from the Woods is a great podcast. It's Rivers Langley, Sam Harder, and Cla- Carter Glasscock, whom I found out he kind of docks himself as the character Mr. Goodnight when I started listening. Pat Riley's kind of left the show. He's now become a father. He really doesn't have time for all this pod business. He's got a child to raise. We understand that. But Goods from the Woods is still a great listen. And I went back in the archives. There are two episodes that deal with this year, both macro and micro. There was an episode that looked back at the entire year 1999, as only they could. And, of course, they zoomed in on one episode where they had a fighting tournament. Which of the bands that performed at Woodstock 99 would win in a fighting tournament? I forget who the winner was. But Woodstock 99 ended in a fight, but actually ended in a riot. This is an event that took place at the former Griffiths Air Force Base in Rome, New York, right outside Utica in central New York. And there was an episode of Goods from the Woods that had a first-hand perspective on Woodstock 9. Now, 30 years earlier, Woodstock of 1969 was peace, love, and music. This turned out to be anything but in the final analysis. And this kind of set the siege for the culture we have today, the 1% and all that. Well, there are also plenty of mass shootings in 1999. It seems de these days. But there was a shooting at a Mormon LDS library in Salt Lake City, Utah. Days earlier, there had been a shooting at a Jewish community center in Los Angeles. But the big one that hit close to home for me was a shooting at Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado. This happened while we were on spring break. And Mom and I went to Boston. We left the day after. And it was dominating the headlines on the nightly news. Couldn't escape it from our hotel room in Plymouth, Massachusetts. The Sleepy Pilgrim Inn. I don't think it's in business anymore, but that's all by the by. There was an earthquake in Turkey. Hundreds of people killed there. Now, I'm recording this when there is a massive coronavirus pandemic going on in 2020. In 1999, there was a different outbreak, but of a much smaller scale and a different disease. This time, E. coli hit the capital region of New York State. Only three people died, but over a thousand were made ill. When there was an illness that started at the Washington County Fair. And the late summer and early fall, all these illnesses started showing up. Nothing like the coronavirus. Nothing got canceled or anything, but thousands were made ill by the E. coli. Speaking of disasters, we had natural disasters. Hurricane Floyd in 1999. We weren't directly impacted, but I remember the wind and the rain. I don't think we lost electricity on that one, but the next day we didn't have school. I think because the high school was flooded or there was some kind of flood going on. It's so long ago, I can barely remember. We didn't have school the next day. There were effects for days afterwards. Quite a year in the international scene. The Kosovo crisis. Remember that, folks? Serbia, Slobodan Milosevic, roast in hell. The Panama Canal went back from the United States to the country for which it was named. It was a big deal two years earlier when Hong Kong went back from Britain to China, or went back to China from Britain. Macau in 1999 went back to China from Portugal, and that barely got a peep. Late last year, almost 20 years to the day, there was a tragic fire in Worcester, Massachusetts that took the life of a firefighter. Well, there was a warehouse fire in Worcester 
in December of 1999, December 3rd to be exact, where six firefighters were killed. There's a fire station at the side of the former warehouse with a monument to those who were killed. There are a handful of debuts in 1999. Napster, the many would say illegal music file sharing service, came into being in 1999, June 1st of that year. And of course, there's services like iTunes or Spotify where you either get it for free or you have to pay for everything. The International Space Station made its debut in 1999, still going to this day forward. Taking astronauts to explore space. The Saratoga National Cemetery, just up the road from Bullet House, oddly enough, made its dedication on July 9th. There were many deaths in 1999. There were two big ones in my world. On May 23rd that year, Owen Hart met an end at the age of 34. That night, he was scheduled to wrestle, wrestle the Blue Blazer at WWF, now WWE's Over the Edge pay-per-view. He was the first to come down to the ring and did so on a harness. All of a sudden, the harness broke and Hart tumbled to the ring and ultimately his death, 34 years of age. I remember watching Raw the night later. The other big one was a plane crash. John F. Kennedy Jr., his wife and sister-in-law, all three, perished in a plane crash near Martha's Vineyard. I remember that summer, I volunteered at Wesley Healthcare Center in Saratoga Springs. I was helping to transport patients to and from the little barber shop we had on site. And I had to go into the many, um, I wouldn't say residence halls, that's not a college, but I had to go into a number of the buildings to get these people, and mainly women, to get their hair done. I remember getting one out of the common area. They had all assembled to watch the funeral of John F. Kennedy Jr. On the little TV in the common area. What a scene that was. Payne Stewart also met his end in a plane crash in October of that year. Great golfer on the PGA Tour. Known for his unique attire. Nothing flashy like a little Tama Shantern plus fours the whole bit. Robin Williams, may he rest in peace, had the great joke. Golf is the only sport where you can dress as a pimp and no one will care. <laughs> a little levity for these uncertain dark times for you. Another golfer, unfortunately, also met his end, but did so at a grand old age. Gene Sarazen, a Siena College alumnus, believe it or not. In fact, the student center on campus is named in his honor. Madeline Kahn, I remember seeing her in Blazing Saddles as Lily von Stupp. Joseph Heller. The great author, Catch-22. Shel Silverstein, wonderful poet, one of my favorite childhood authors. DeForest Kelly. Dr. McCoy on Star Trek. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a podcaster. Bill Wendell. You may not have heard of this name, but his name is familiar to me because he was David Letterman's announcer. Not like sidekick in terms of Paul Schaefer. But Bill Wendell was the announcer for Late Night with David Letterman during his entire run on NBC and then later moved over to CBS in a much publicized, much ballyhooed, controversial move going from NBC to CBS. Mel Torme, The Velvet Fog, sang his last in 1999. Gene Siskel, Siskel and Ebert, two thumbs up, film critic. John Ehrlichman, a controversial figure. He was one of the four indicted in the Watergate scandal in the early 1970s. Iron Ice Cody. He was the guy who saw that his land was full of litter 
a great PSA, and then you see the tear falling from his eye after the camera had zoomed right in. That was the man who cried for how his land was getting wasted. Harry Blackman, Supreme Court Justice, passed in 1999. Al Hurt, great jazz musician. Senor Wences, Wenceslao Moreno. If you're of a certain age, you remember the Ed Sullivan Show. This man was darn near a staple. At Topo Jiju. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Dusty Springfield, great songstress. One of her songs, Son of a Preacher Man, made it onto one of my favorite movies of all time, Pulp Fiction. And speaking of movies, Stanley Kubrick, director of great films such as 2001 A Space Odyssey and A Clockwork Orange, went to the great film studio in the sky in 1999. Jolton Joe DiMaggio and his son both passed in 1999. Joe DiMaggio played for the Yankees his entire career back when such things were common, where an athlete could play for one team for his entire career not entertain offers with somebody else other than by way of a trade. Joe DiMaggio had a 56-game hitting streak in 1941. Catfish Hunter, speaking of free agency, what came about in the 1970s, he's one of the first big names to declare for it. Went to the Yankees in the mid-70s. Gene Hart, great sportscaster with the Philadelphia Flyers. He passed in 1999. Forrest Mars, the man behind the Mars candy bar, M&M's, etc. This guy all but fed my childhood, in a sense. My dad sold that stuff on his coffee truck. Cal Ripken Sr., father of Cal Ripken Jr., passed in 99. Yehudi Menuhin, a legendary violinist, passed in 1999. Dana Plato, oh, this was a child actress. Such tough lies when the spotlight goes away. She passed in 1999. Rick Rude, another loss in the world of wrestling. Ditto for Brian Hildebrand. That was not his government name. It was actually Mark Curtis, the referee in WCW and Jim Crockett Promotions. Alan Funt, host of Candid Camera. Pee Wee Reese, a legend with the Brooklyn, now Los Angeles Dodgers. George C. Scott, another legendary great actor from Patton and also Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Sweetness passed away in 1999. Walter Payton. One of the great running backs in NFL history. Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt the Stilt, scored 100 points in a game and had some legendary flings with many numbers of women total in his career. Gene Rayburn, the host of Match Game, one of my favorite game shows of all time, even though I wasn't around back then. The Lone Ranger rode off into the sunset for the last time in 1999. Clayton Moore. Desmond Llewellyn, he played Q in the James Bond movies. Guy helped supply weapons to James Bond. Saxophone player Grover Washington Jr. He died at a young age in 1999. Hank Snow, country musician. Curtis Mayfield, old Superfly, passed in 1999. Mary Kay Bergman. You may not have heard of her name, but you certainly heard her voice. She voiced many of the female characters during the early years of South Park. Including one of my favorite characters on the show, Wendy Testaberger. Gene Shepard, one of the greats of radio, great storyteller, raconteur. I really started digging his work on the radio during my senior year in college. There was a show on WBAI called Mass Backwards, and I believe it was about Tuesday or Wednesday morning, I would be at my dorm at Reed House on the Castleton University campus, and I would just have a click on the link and have a listen to that. This is before a podcast, folks. Gorilla Monsoon. 
a legendary wrestler and great commentator with the WWE. He passed in 1999. Two actresses on the same 1970 sitcom passed in 1999. First, there was Shirley Hemphill, who played Shirley the Waitress in Good Times, and Mabel King, who played Mama Thomas on that same show, passed away within a month of each other. The world lost two potentates and monarchs in 1999. In February, King Hussein of Jordan passed away, and then months later, the world mourned the loss of King Hassan II of Morocco. Mario Puzo. If you've seen The Godfather, you may not have heard of him, but he was the man who wrote the book that ultimately brought forth the movie franchise, one of the most successful in history. Here's some lesser known names. Kim Parrott. She was a player on the WNBA's old Houston Comets. She helped the team to their first ever dynasty in WNBA history. In February of that year, Parrott was diagnosed with lung cancer. Unfortunately, the cancer had metastasized to her brain. The WNBA later named their sportsmanship award in her honor called... Believe it or not, the Kim Parrott Sportsmanship Award. A performer who went by the name of Moondog. No, we're not talking about Moondog Spot or Moondog Rex here, but a gentleman whose government name was Louis Harden. He passed in 1999. He had moved to Germany and found success there. The amazing thing about him was when he was 16 years old, 4th of July, 1932, he lost his sight at the age of 16 in a farm accident involving a dynamite cap. And he went on to be kind of an outsider in the music world, at least what's known as that. Jean Vanderpill. She voiced Wilma Flintstone. That's how I know her. She voiced Wilma Flintstone on, well, the Flintstones. Jean Vanderpill. You may not have known the name, but you've certainly heard the voice. She was Wilma Flintstone on the Flintstones. Red. That's my best Wilma Flintstone. Take it or leave it. Many of you would do the latter. Ivan Goff. You have him to thank for putting ladies like Jacqueline Smith and Farrah Fawcett on the screen and making them household names. That poster, though. Sandra Gould. She played Gladys Kravitz. Samantha's nosy neighbor on that show. Bewitched. She was the second actress to play the role. Victor Mature, an actor from old Hollywood. I remember his cameo appearance in the Monkees film Head. Only Victor Mature's hairdresser knows for sure. And here's a lesser known name to ran things out. Candy Candido. You may not have heard the name. I don't know if you heard the voice if you're old enough to be listening to this. Number one, welcome. Number two, don't die of coronavirus, please. Number three. Number three, you may remember this person. Candy Candido was a cast member in Jimmy Durante's radio show. And he had an impressive four-octave voice range, which was used early and often on the Jimmy Durante show. In fact, in the lower register of his voice, he came up with his famous catchphrase. I'm feeling mighty low. That'll do it for the obits. We move on to pop culture to wrap this up. I mentioned the Yankees before. They won their third World Series in four years in 1999, swept the Atlanta Braves. The Denver Broncos won their second of what would soon be three Super Bowls, easily defeated the Atlanta Falcons. 
The San Antonio Spurs started their NBA dynasty of sorts with their first ever NBA championship in a shortened season due to a lockout by the NBA owners. The first time that the NBA season was delayed. Wouldn't be the last. Spoilers. The Dallas Stars won their first ever Stanley Cup. In controversial fashion, Game 6 against the Buffalo Sabres, the refs didn't see that Brett Hull's skate was in the crease. And during that moment, the Stars scored, and that was it, folks. More heartache for Buffalo. Tennessee, under some guy by the name of Peyton Manning, the Volunteers won their first ever NCAA football championship and marked the debut of the Bowl Championship Series. How far the Vols have fallen since then. The University of Connecticut, though, they had a great women's team starting in the middle of the 1990s. UConn ended the century with also having their men win their first ever NCAA championship. Locally on the sports scene, the Albany Firebirds, in what would be their second to last year of existence, won the Arena Bowl over the Orlando Predators. It was the Capital Region's first sports championship since the Albany River Rats in 1995. Two international wins of note for the United States. First off came on July 10th when the U.S. hosted the Women's World Cup. They played China in the finals. And what a game it was. Scoreless tie. It went to a penalty shootout. Brandy Chastain stepped up to the mark. And this happened. Two and a half months later in Brookline, Massachusetts, the U.S. squared off against Europe in the 1999 Ryder Cup. Going into the final round, the European team were up 10-6. However, the Americans rallied, led by wins from Steve Pate and Jim Furyk. And Justin Leonard wound up saving the day for Team USA. Hey, that rhymed. Two noteworthy events off the field for the World Series champion Yankees in 1999. Before spring training began, George Steinbrenner and Yogi Berra ended their years-long feud with each other. While on July 18th, the Yankees were hosting the Montreal Expos, now the world champion Washington Nationals. And David Cohn was on the bump. What he did in those nine innings was pure magic and a moment that will never be forgotten. Oddly enough, it was Yogi Berra Day at Yankee Stadium that day. And in attendance was the man whom Berra caught during the first perfect game in Yankees history, Don Larson, who passed away earlier this year. In the NBA, Jordan, Michael Jordan, that is, retired for the second time, while in the NHL, 
Wayne Gretzky ended his career, and he would never come back, unlike Jordan. That year's Oscar, the best film of 1998, was Shakespeare in Love, which was nominated for 13 Oscars and won seven of them. The top-grossing film, which I remember seeing on opening weekend, Star Wars Episode I, The Phantom Menace, grossed $430 million plus at the domestic box office. And I remember going with my sister, her then-fiancé, and myself, all three of us were at the old Hoyt Cinemas in Wilton Mall the Saturday night it came out. The best record at the Grammys was My Heart Will Go On from Celine Dion, more the Titanic effect, while the best album went to The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. And that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up the 20th century on the Keep It To Yourself podcast. Let's bring it back to 2020, the dispiriting present. We leave the glorious past for it and talk about where I'm working nowadays. Well, it's time to lighten the mood here. It's been a bit of a rough ride to start. But we go back to the present after that trip to 1999 and take it back to where I'm doing nowadays. I just have a brief little description about where I'm working. It's a business called eBizDocs. It was founded in 2007. And I believe it was founded right here in New York's capital region. The office I work at is in this little village called Menans, New York, which is right next door to the city of Albany. In fact, if you walk about a good three-quarters of a block down Route 32, that's Broadway, boom, there it is, City of Albany. And I've been known to take that walk. I just don't go right into the city. I stay within the village. I've been known to frequent the little steward shop right near our NBC affiliate studios, which are right behind this little car clinic where you can get your dog washed, too. I don't know. I think you've divested the portfolio a little too much. Or diversified, I should say. Hello. Made me feel good, you know. My mouth just got coronavirus. I shouldn't be making those jokes. But hey, anything to deal with a tough situation. But back to the lecture at hand here. It is my firm belief that this business that I work at called eBizDocs, which was founded in 2007, has its offices in Menands and also in Rochester, New York, and down in Huntsville, Alabama. How are you, Conrad Thompson? Now, Jason, chat me up here. What's it like working at eBiz Docs? All right, Conrad, hope you're staying safe down there in Alabama. I'm of the firm belief that that my my new workplace, sorry for the stutter step, you're getting this warts and all, ain't more important to storm. I have the firm belief that where I worked at was a former factory. At least it was in a past life. Replete with gates and everything. You have this long walkway like you're going in for your shift First thing in the morning. Well, instead of making whatever this factory used to make, what we do is we handle documents. We help out with the New York State Department of Health, the State Education Department, the State Liquor Authority. And I think the State Racing and Wagering Boards are helping out casinos, racetracks, and all that. You know, we preparate documents. Preparate? <laughs> My mouth should be self-quarantined. We help prepare documents, get scanned, get keyed into a database, take care of all that. We got a good deal of clients going on in all three locations between the Empire State and down in Dixie. Got a nice big floor, not too big, but larger than what I've had previous. Got a little warehouse space, which can be easily seen from parts of the floor. Nice sight lines. Got a cafeteria that's a little smaller than what I used to have. Bathrooms are in different locations. 
You just got to go towards the back as you go in the building. You'll make a right turn and then the bathroom. There's the ladies room way on the other side of the building. And it's a short hop to the men's room from there. It's a great place to work. I like the environment. The higher ups have treated me well since I started part time back in late January. However, I can't say too much about the environment in which I work. Well, in terms of outside the factory gates, as it were. There's an OTB off-track betting parlor literally staring in the face as you walk out to go home for the night. And right across the street ain't much better. There used to be a grocery store in this sad, dumpy strip mall right across the street. Now it's just home to a Dollar Tree. It's home to a, uh, um, what they call a Tuscan Mini Mart, but there's Turkish people what run this joint. And they sell like foreign candy. So it's as close to the Russian market in Westfield, Massachusetts as I've gotten in my time in New York's capital region. There's a subway within a hop, skip, and a jump. Other side of the street up the road is a Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC if you will. There's a store shop that I mentioned earlier right near the Menans Albany line. Right down Route 32. I've taken that walk when I've gotten to work. And I had some time to kill. I'm like, oh, it's a nice day. I'll just go for a little walk. Heck, I've even gone for walks on my lunch break if I had time. And when I've had time, too. There's also a Dunkin' Donuts a little ways down the street, too. But you got to be careful crossing the street most times. Because, you know, there's no crosswalk. Well, there is up the street. But if you're going down, you're really putting your life in, your own, in somebody else's hands. You don't want to be street pizza. I certainly don't want that fate to befall me. But all in all, it's a short segment here, I know, but... I've really enjoyed it at eBiz Docs, and I look forward to working there for the foreseeable future. And with that rather short segment out of the way, I hereby wrap up the first century of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. Or at least we will when we hit episode 100, whenever that comes around. But either way, I certainly thank you for listening. If you like what you've dug in these last 99 episodes, do me a huge solid. If you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button. If you haven't done so already, give me a five-star rating and a good write-up. That helps me out. You can also listen to this podcast on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast. Your favorite podcaster will have it. Or at least you got the feed in the show notes, so you can copy that. Put in your favorite podcaster, and I'll just keep coming down your ear holes that way. So episode 100, as I've already mentioned, is up and coming. I certainly thank you again for listening. Be safe out there. As always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Get ready to party the next episode. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. On that rather short segment, we're going to end the first century. No, no, no.